Welcome to Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we try to help you be helpful to other people. My name is Kate Watson, and I have a very special guest today, my friend, my colleague, Ravi Maharaj. I have long admired Ravi's work, but way more importantly, I'm so lucky to call you a friend over the last few years um, and sort of neighbor. I mean, you're not far away, Ravi. I, I, I don't know why we don't get together more often. Um, Ravi, what would you like the listening audience to know about you? I'll let you introduce yourself. Sure. Well, hello. And I echo everything you just said, Kate. Um, It's been uh, an amazing journey over these last couple of years. And uh, you've been part of it uh, for many parts of my my journey. And uh, I've appreciated how we continue to just stay connected and uh, continue to kind of build our friendship. So... My name is Ravi, and uh, I'm a licensed professional counselor in New Jersey. Uh, Basically, I'm a therapist. Uh, I work with both children and adults. My uh, my family is from the Caribbean islands, and that's a big part of my my story and my life in that uh, having uh, a father that was born and raised in Trinidad, uh, having a grandfather that was born and raised in Jamaica, uh, my grandmother um, is from Guyana. So I definitely have roots from the Caribbean islands. And while I was raised in New Jersey, um, I identify as West Indian. And I'm really um, continuing to learn more and more about um, the Caribbean culture and what it means to be um, a West Indian. So that's a little bit about me. And of course, uh, the most one of the things I always share with everyone in any walk of life, any any aspect of uh, introductions is um, I have a daughter. I have a daughter that's nine years old um, and she is um, like any other parent will say, uh, just the love of my life. Um, and I definitely, definitely have approached uh, being a father as wanting to learn and wanting to learn from her. Uh, wanting to learn from others in the community. Um, I do believe it takes a village to to raise children. And um, this is just something that my daughter is nine years old and there's all these different um, aspects of her personality that are changing, which is great. Like I'm seeing more social connection. I'm seeing more curiosity. And uh, to me, I'm just like, I'm loving it. Uh, it's, it's, it's a big, big part of who I am. And It'll continue to be a big part of who I am as I, um, as I journey with her. As she gets older, I sure hope she is still open to the two of you posting videos of you dancing on social media because, um, yeah. you know, over here in Philadelphia, where I don't get to see you that often, uh, I think one of my favorite aspects of our friendship is when I get to see you and your daughter dancing online. <laughs> yes, yes. And I... I have uh, I've much appreciated her creativity because uh, my my daughter will say, "Daddy, why don't we try this one?" And we'll do Instagram reels. We'll do we'll put it on Facebook. We'll do uh, TikTok, and it's just a lot of fun, right? There's there's just there's a connection in 
movement and there's a connection in dancing with your daughter and really kind of just I I got that from her uh because she's a free spirit and she loves to dance and I always tell her like you're you're going to be the lead and I'll be in the back but I want to do this with you so Mm -hmm. I, I appreciate that that's definitely been a lot of fun for the both of us and these moves are getting harder and harder each each time started off pretty easy and now I'm like oh I get I got to practice first for like an hour or, or a weekend and then we can record <laughs> keeping you young Robbie it's keeping you young um so I, I I well this is a nice bridge actually I I think of those those moments with your daughter as time that you're, you're really giving to her at that building memories. And, and it's kind of what I know about you that professionally, I know you in, um, because we've both held some volunteer roles that where we gave of our time for a professional organization. And here you are doing it again, you're giving of yourself so that you could join the podcast today. And I just want to thank you for that. Um, a while back, and I'm, I'm talking to the audience now. So folks, a while back, I reached out to Ravi with an invitation to join me on the podcast. And I think we were using WhatsApp, sending some messages back and forth. And I, I threw out a few possible topic ideas. You know, we could do this, we could do that. I think there were like three or four options on the list. And one of the options on the list was we could talk about divorce. And Ravi, I admit, I was really hoping you would not choose that topic. And of course you did. <laughs> and yeah, it just works out that way. And, and let me be honest, as someone who has gone through a divorce myself, I think I have really been avoiding the topic over these years of doing the podcast. And I think I haven't wanted to touch it because maybe it was just like hitting a little too close to home for me. And I think the reason I listed it as an option was because there's also this part of me that knows it needs to be talked about. Um, part of the reason going through a divorce was hard for me is that we still don't know how to talk about these things in this world. And so I thought, yeah, I don't want to talk about it because it wasn't a great time of my life. And that's probably exactly why we should talk about it. So um, I confess, when you said, let's talk about divorce, I let out an audible <laughs> and then I thought, no, this is good. I think I'm ready. We should do this. Um, but what I might do, because, you know, I, I've been hesitant to have this conversation, I might rely on you to, to kick us off and get us started. And maybe you could tell us maybe some of the thoughts that you're having about helping someone else through a divorce. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I definitely have to share with everyone that, um, Yes, this is a, a topic that also I had a bit of a, well, I think we can do this. And uh, the reason why I had to pause and think about it is that um, I'm, I'm also divorced and um, I have a daughter that's nine. So it's, um, it's, it's been something that I do a lot of reflection on. I reflect on my experience when I was um, going through the divorce. I reflect on the first year after. Um, and I, I really kind of think about what could have helped uh, me. In, and I think about the things that did help me. And then I, then I think, well, there are some things that probably with the best of intentions uh, might've been said or done. And it was like, oof, that just, um, 
that didn't really help me. And while everyone is different, I think having a, um, a safe platform uh, to have a conversation about it is just, I think it could just benefit so many people. So where do we start? I, th I think where I was thinking of beginning with is, I wonder what the reason is that we don't really talk about divorce. Because in, in my life perspective, everything in life has a beginning, middle, and end. Everything. I mean, at, you know, work um, and uh, life itself, uh, your, your little league baseball tenure, uh, your, you know, if you're living in a home, uh, you know, if you have a, a, a pet or, you know, an, an, an animal, everything is about beginnings and endings. And I just, you know, there's this, there's a, there's a heaviness to talking about the ending and talking about uh, divorce and by no means, and I, I, I'm feeling the urge to say it, uh, nobody wants to promote uh, like, oh, well, divorce is an option. So if, if you talk about it, then you're going to do it. Nobody that I know, I know I didn't, I know you didn't, I know that the people that I've ever encountered in my entire life has never gotten married saying, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to get divorced. You go in to a relationship, to a commitment saying, this is somebody I want to spend the rest of my life with. This is someone that I want to partner with. Um, and yet here we are. So I guess let's start with that first question. Uh, what is the reason that we don't really talk about it? Yeah, and I think you and I are both probably coming at this with some humility that that we don't know those answers. Um, I think a lot of this is inherited generationally. And um, maybe that's part of the mission you and I are on here is to kind of interrupt passing these things on. Like, I would hope your daughter can grow up in a world where if she decides to redefine a relationship that was once marriage and call it something different in the future, that she feels like she can do that and she could talk about it. But we've perhaps inherited from older generations and, and customs that have been passed down that this is bad and shameful. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's, there's so much judgment connected to divorce. And um, I, I can start off by saying a lot of what I've heard is, uh, and this activates me a lot, someone's given up, right? So you've, you've given up um, because, because if you go the route of divorce, then that means that you're ultimately giving up on the person that you made an agreement with. Uh, you're giving up on your family. You're giving up on your, your spouse. Um, and I say that activates me because, um, whoa, 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 that's, there's, some heavy judgment in that. Um, and even for me to, to be activated, that judgment for myself, I'm also bringing in my bias that giving up is a bad thing. And if you think about, uh, you know, if you think about any other thing that you're doing, there comes a time where if you just don't have any more uh, and, and you don't have that, that spirit and that energy and you know you can't, it's okay. It's okay to stop, right? Um, but yet here we are when it comes to marriage. Uh, that's the first thing that that kind of comes to mind is some of those judgments of you're giving up or um, I would never get divorced. I don't believe in it. Um, and, I, and again, like, I, I wonder what that means. I don't believe in divorce. 
I love that you're talking about it as an evolution of a relationship. Um, I think the word I used a few moments ago was redefining. I, I think there's something so reasonable about saying there's me and there's this other person. And we had a kind of relationship that we defined one way. Maybe that was marriage. And we've decided to define it a different way. And maybe that's all it really is. Um, maybe it isn't uh, something breaking or severing or being destroyed. It's being redefined. And that is within everyone's right to do. People actually do this all the time. Someone who was once a coworker, well, when you quit that job and you're not coworkers anymore, you redefine the relationship. Now you're just friends. Or maybe you had a friend who you started dating. You redefine the relationship. We were just friends and now we're in a romantic relationship. Uh, I want the world to be open to just redefining what the relationship means without it being the end of the world. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that because um, I think allowing people, like you said, to, to know it's okay. It's okay to want or not even want, like you're redefining yourself because people change. Uh, some people, like I said, in their 20s are the same person that they are in their 40s and 50s. And some people change and they're like, actually, I'm not that person anymore. And I'm recognizing that these are some of my needs and these are some of my wants. And if it lines up with that person, then let's keep going. And sometimes you have to have conversations if it doesn't line up. So I love having this platform to be able to um, kind of open up, open up the conversation so that when people are listening to this, uh, they might be able to kind of recognize that it's more than just a black and white space. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm trying to think of where we should go next, Robbie, because I know you were mentioning people who have good intentions, you know, they mean well, um, and, and they may say something that they think is helpful or do something that they think is helpful that ends up being quite hurtful. I can give an example from my life. Um, when I was going through a divorce, especially in the early days where I wasn't even sure like if it was a divorce necessarily, it was just something was happening. Um, a lot of folks who I think were trying to look out for me and really did have their hearts in the right place seemed to want to like hide me away. Like, oh, I, I told so-and-so you're not coming to the birthday party because I figured you wouldn't want to be seen right now. Or I, I made a cover story for you. And I thought, folks are doing this with good intentions, I know, but I don't fully understand why I'm hiding out in life right now. What, what have I done that is so bad that I'm being like tucked away and, and my friends and family members are acting like I'm supposed to be grateful for this? Um, that was one thing that I think people did. I'm not sure whether I should say for me or to me, but something that was probably with good intention, but didn't feel so good. It, it felt like I was being cast away and like, you know, go into your corner, Kate, and, and hide there until we figure this out. Yeah. And I, I, I could totally appreciate and understand that, um, that that's an awful feeling. Like when you're treated with like baby gloves, like, oh, let's like keep you over here. And you have people making decisions for you. And while like I love, I'm only trying to help. <laughs> uh, the reality is, is that 
what can potentially help more is just having a conversation with that person. Saying, hey, Kate, if we have this um, party coming up, what are your thoughts? And giving you that autonomy just to make that decision. Very often, when friends and family would reach out to me, one of the things that didn't help me was when they would say, well, what happened? And they would look for a reason that translated that they would understand what I was going through. And while that's nice to fact find, it's irrelevant. <laughs> number one, it's irrelevant. And number two, it's a super personal, personal question to ask. Uh, what happened? Did they cheat? Did you cheat? Uh, was there alcohol or drugs involved? Was there abuse? Um, did they stray away from the marriage? Like, And they're trying to make sense and connect the dots. And I would just say, rather than saying what happened, maybe just asking, how are you doing? And what can I do to help you right now? And what that does is that just, you know, you're dealing with all these emotions all at once. You're dealing with um, ambivalence. You're dealing with frustration, sadness, anger, uh, fear. And if someone is in that state, asking them for details and to dissect how you're feeling, to me, was not helpful at all, at all. You saw me nodding along. Um, you know, it's you're, you're bringing me back to when people would ask me what happened. And I always felt like my answer wasn't tragic enough. Like, like people wanted me, not wanted, expected me to say something huge, like some big bomb was going to get dropped. Like he's a raging alcoholic or, you know, he abuses me or he cheated on me. And when my answer was, we decided to just be friends, people looked kind of confused and I don't know, I may have been reading too much into this, but sometimes I think they looked almost disappointed. Like they wanted a better story than that. Yes. And my my reasoning like wasn't enough. And um and and I I I want the world to know that if you decide to make an adjustment in your relationship for whatever reason, that's your decision. And you don't need a big bomb to drop. You don't have to convince people, no, really, really, it's the right decision for us. Um make your decisions and no one needs, no one needs to know, no one needs to approve. It doesn't need to meet anyone's standards. Um, but Ravi, to your point, when people ask what happened, sometimes the person who's expected to answer that question feels a bit of uh, a pressure to perform. I better have a good answer. Absolutely. I, I what you said totally resonated with me also, because uh, that waiting for that bomb, waiting for that uh, the bulb is bright over my head. Like, oh, I get it now. So it's like there, there's also a space of, is there validation in our transaction? So are you validating what I'm feeling based on it being okay with you instead of validating me for who I am? And I, again, I could speak for myself and I'm fairly certain a lot of people feel this way. Uh, when someone makes the decision to get divorced, it's not um, just like on a whim. Like, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to enter the space over the next 18 months to four years of just 
negotiations and uh, you know lawyers involved and potentially uh, custody evaluations uh, and working out who's going to be where with the house and the apartment and the car. That's not something that someone just wakes up one day and says, hey, I, I decide I don't want to be with you anymore. My experience and I'm a, a few people that I've spoken to, it is a long drawn out process and it's typically starts with levels of feeling uh, unfulfilled and not basically not feeling happy and thinking about, well, okay, well, yes. And this, this will kind of lead into my next um, point is a lot of people will say that are in a relationship, well, we've like had our ups and downs or man, we've had some really tough times. Um, or we've, we, or, you know, there are moments where I hated them and uh, it was like we weren't even married, but we got through it. And that's the dagger. It's like, wait a minute. Thank you for trying to help to validate what I'm feeling. But then also, no thank you for that backhanded comment of, but we got through it. We pushed through it and we came out stronger. I can say that when I've received comments like that, it's really just, oh, it takes the wind out of you. Like even I think I'm feeling it now. It's like, well, yeah, thanks that you're comparing your current situation to mine and basically saying, if you just kept going a little bit more, you'll get get out of it and everything will be okay. Yeah, it, it reminds me of what you said maybe you know, 15, 20 minutes ago, when you recalled the remarks of, um, you know, oh, so you're giving up. And, you know, to me, deciding that I want to go be fulfilled in life, and, and what I have right now is not fulfilling, is the opposite of giving up. It's saying I will not give up on myself. I will not give up on what I deserve in life. I will not give up on all my hopes and dreams. And therefore, I'm going to fight for all of those things, even if it means several years of negotiating and lawyers and courtrooms and, and family drama. And even if it means all of that, that's how badly I'm not giving up on everything I deserve in life. Um, and so when people imply that, oh, well, we got through it, we just, you know, we, we're, we're fighters, um, please don't imply that I am not. Um, that there's there's a real fight for yourself involved in getting a divorce. Yeah. And, you know, I love what you said about bringing it back to yourself because you don't want to lose yourself in anything, in your work, um, in a relationship, in a relationship with your family member. If you are living your life for somebody else's happiness and you're not happy, then that's a red flag for anybody. So I love the fact that you said that you're fighting for yourself because I had to go, I had to negotiate with myself of hearing the word selfish and translating that to being a good thing. Because very often I would hear, I would think, and I would hear from different people, like there's a level of selfishness and there's a level of advocating for myself, but that's okay. Uh, it's okay to be selfish. And of course, I'm already, I'm already feeling like, you know, all this judgment about, well, you know, 
if you weren't, if you, if you just weren't selfish, you would still be married and you'd have an intact family. And well, let's pause for a second, because like I said, in the beginning, there are many, many layers to the conversations that we're having. And that's one of the reasons why it's so challenging when someone says what happened, because there are layers, there are layers to the ins and outs of getting to where you are. Uh, but when you lose yourself, it's really a dark place. It really is. You know, the way I like to think of it is, and this is not just for me, this is for everyone, but I'll, I'll use first person speech here. Um, if I want to have an amazing life that is no one's responsibility, but my own, and it's, it's my job to make my life incredible. It's, it's my job to chase my dreams it really isn't anyone else's job to make all those things come true. And if it looks like my life is not heading in the direction I want it to go, it is my responsibility to make some changes and advocate for myself because no one else is going to do it. And is that selfish? Some people might say yes, but I would say it's accountability. Because what I won't do is wake up at 50 or 60 years old and say, well, I could have had this and I could have done that. But because I, you know, because of this person or because of that person, I couldn't have all the things I wanted in life. Nope. So for me, what, what you may be calling selfish, I'm going to call taking accountability for my life. For me, it was important to say, if I want X, Y, and Z to come true, I have to go get it. I have to make it happen. And I need to advocate for myself because no one else is going to. I love that. Absolutely. 100% agree with you. Well, well said for sure. That's no power. I, I feel like I have like goosebumps just hearing that. I think what I would want to relay to anyone, whether you're supporting someone or if you're going through um, a divorce or you're in a space where you're even thinking about it, I think the most important thing to remember is that if we were to just pause from judgment, when we're trying to help somebody. Um, if I were you, I would. Um, you know, I know just how you feel. There's a lot of I statements and it's okay to not know. And it's okay to tell somebody, I have no idea what you're going through. Um, and also I'm here for you. Or it's okay to say, I helped somebody or I, I went through my own divorce and every experience is unique and different so whatever you need i'm here for you uh the i'm whatever you need i'm here for you was big for me because i, I couldn't translate it at the moment what i realized is the people the few people that said that to me and showed up and were there for me that's what helped me the most uh, i i had a lot of support i had a lot of people reach out and i also had a lot of people say things that weren't helpful and I'm not, I wasn't in a space to even give feedback or to be like, you know, that's not helping. I would just take it and say, okay, thanks. And I would just end the conversation. Thanks. Or there were times I would just listen. I remember listening to somebody for like an hour and 10 minutes. And they basically were talking to me and trying to convince me that of, of a decision. And I remember just thinking like, what, what, what are they trying to do? <laughs> like, I, I think that's one of the biggest things that I would say is um, starting off with, I don't know what you're going through and what do you need? Yeah, yeah. 
perfectly said. Um, and it, it doesn't surprise me at all that you were a really kind listener to someone who was imposing themselves on you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, again, that's, that's part of my growth and that's part of, you know, getting to a place where, um, here I am now, many years later, being able to to to, to speak speak my truth and be my most authentic self, and say things that maybe someone may not. However, they receive it, I can just say, actually, no, thank you. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I I, I also think um, we need people to check in on us. You know, we 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 may not use those words and ask for it. Uh, but checking in can just be like, hey, do you want to grab some tea or coffee? Um, not, hey, do you want to go to Vegas for the weekend? Because those are two different types of check-ins. Uh, again, you know, people are trying to help and it's it's wonderful and it's great. Um, but I, I think the platform for this podcast is really opening up the conversation on what is helpful. And sometimes with the best intentions, it may not be so helpful. So I love the idea of uh, when we're staying present, uh, just asking that person for this moment today, how are you doing? Because there's so much future planning that's involved in a divorce, like we were talking about with you know, property and uh, vehicles and jobs and pensions and, and also families and in-laws. And it's, you're not just divorcing the person, you're, di you're divorcing a community you have mutual friends that you no longer the odds are i mean again there are variations of what everyone goes through but a lot of divorces um you lose relationships with people that you were connected with as a friend uh because that person is uh friends with your ex and it might feel a little weird going to grab coffee with them knowing that you're no longer um you know married um so all this future planning is supposed to be happening and we're just trying to get through each day. So staying present is just checking in and also recognizing that there are some days that it's dreadful and it's awful and you don't know how you get through the day. And there are some days that are not, uh, not every day needs to be, it's this roller coaster. It's, you know, some days are better than others and many days are not so good. And my experience was, it does get better. And also I need to take it a day at a time because if I started to think about it, it, it I, this happened to me recently and I, I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but I had my first experience uh, undergoing physical therapy and you know, my whole life, I had never had any injury that required physical therapy. And it was a, a small tear in my shoulder or something there where I didn't need surgery. Is it from dancing with your daughter on the internet? <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I wonder, you know, we never really thought that. <laughs> it was actually from the big flood we had two years ago uh, when the storm hit and I was putting wet carpet on my shoulder, lifting it out from the basement on my own since we were trapped in where I live. Nobody was able to get in and out. Oh, God. Uh, but my experience with physical therapy is that we did things, small changes, over the course of three to three to four months. And there were points where I was like, I just want to get to the end. Like, I was like, come on, when am I going to see progress? When is it going to get better? And the investment is doing things little, little, little. 
to begin to repair. And I realized when I finished that, I was like, you know, this was very similar to my experience of separation and divorce is that I, I wanted things to start getting better. And it it's a day at a time. And it's, it's like, you're not running a marathon. It's like you're walking a marathon. So it's not going to take, you know, hours. It's going to take, you know, days and months and years to get, to get through this experience again for me. So when you're staying present, you're able to partner with someone and say, Hey, I got you. What do you need? How are you doing? But if you start thinking about the finish line, you start thinking about, you're just not there and, and you can't get there. Um, if you try and get there too fast, to me, you're just going to fall. And it's, it's just, it's frustrating. I think the physical therapy analogy is a really good one because if you try and heal an injury too fast, you make the injury worse. Exactly. But if you, if you go slow and with care and really treat it like in a nurturing way, slowly, it gets better. It's a great analogy. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's just one of those things where our intentions, again, when we enter a relationship, when we enter marriage, is not to get divorced. But when you get to that place, treat it with the same respect, treat it with the same, um, you know, love and attention that, yes, uh, this is terrible, but I'm going to take care of myself. Perfectly said. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for doing this. I have to tell you, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> well, this was great. And, you know, Again, it's because of the safe space that I have with you. I appreciate being able to share um, on your podcast and connecting with you because you know it's it's easy to talk about something when you trust the person. Um, so hats off to you. Well, you you beat me to it. I was actually going to say the same thing, which was, you know, I had been putting off this topic for years. And maybe the reason I finally pitched it to you and I agreed when you selected it was that it felt like, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this with Robbie. <laughs> um, so hats off to you as well. Um, you did share with me some contact information that I can put on our website. So if anybody would like to reach out to you, um, I would encourage them to do that. And Robbie, let's do it again sometime. Sounds like a plan. I appreciate it. Thank you so Thanks. much. Since that day I live in a dream